0: The podcast world is growing bigger every day, and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app. you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites whether you're a podcaster or a fan himalaya has got your back discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with himalaya's tip jar it's free it's the easiest to use and they're adding cool new features every day go to your app store download himalaya that's h-i-m-a-l-a-y-a and don't forget to follow pizza city once you're there
1: the, the grilled pizza there was also one of the first times I had pizza that wasn't just like the garbage New York slice that everyone like romanticizes. Uh, just being from New York and Connecticut, the pizza, you know, it's, it's just pretty low quality, especially like in the 80s and 90s. You know, having a pizza that was like made of high quality ingredients and like tasted really good and looked different and you cut with a knife and fork was really eye-opening and I just wanted to like recreate that experience
0: I had here. How did a kid from Brooklyn move through some of the toughest, most demanding kitchens in New York City, only to become a pizza maker who now boasts three distinctive styles in his company, a love for his wife, whose name graces several of their restaurants, and a love for his pizza memories, which continue to inspire each of his concepts?
1: I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here.
0: This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to the show, everybody. Good to have you back uh, for another edition of Pizza City. We are, again, moving around the country this week. Two weeks ago, we were in Seattle. Talking to Dave Lichterman about his artisan deep pan pizza. We move all the way across the country again uh, to New York City, uh, where there's a very exciting company. You're probably going to be hearing about them um, in a city near you soon because they've already started expanding beyond New York City. Um, talking about Matthew Highland and his wife Emily. They've got the Pizza Loves Emily group. Um, named for, obviously, his wife, Emily. They met in college. Uh, Matthew is from Brooklyn, but he has worked in some, some serious kitchens, uh, spotted pig among them. So uh, classically trained, um, has, has worked in the business for, for quite a while, and like a lot of people, was just tired of standing on his feet 15, 16 hours a day, on a hotline, and wanted to do something he loved, and he loved pizza, and he's got a lot of memories of pizza, and different memories too, not just the, the slice joints, which he says were not all that amazing in Brooklyn as a kid, um, but from college in Rhode Island and from visiting Detroit. And so these have inspired his pizzas. He's got three different concepts. So Pizza Loves Emily, which is more artisan, and then Emmy Squared, which is the concept that they're starting to expand. That's gone from Brooklyn to Manhattan to Nashville, um, doing a wonderful Detroit-inspired style pizza. And then his most recent one, which uh, just opened, is called Violet. Um, And I have not been to this yet. but uh, In fact, I've never been to... To Rhode Island and had Al Forno in Providence, and that's that's what it's based on. But we began talking um, before uh, before he even started planning Violet um, almost a year ago. We talked about Pizza Loves Emily and Emmy Squared, and uh, I met him at the, um, the the original Emmy Squared in Williamsburg, um, which by the way is a seven minute walk to Best Pizza, Frank Pinello's place. Frank, as you may recall, did the Vice Munchies show on pizza and had me on in the Chicago episode, and he has an amazing grandma-style slice, which I learned uh, they blend anchovies and garlic and basil into the sauce, which gives it some umami, but I digress. Um, so Emmy Squared in Williamsburg is where I met Matthew Highland uh, to begin talking about his first two concepts.
1: Pizza Loves Emily has a wood-fired pizza, and Emmy Squared has square Detroit-inspired pizza.
0: Okay, so let's start with Pizza Loves Emily. How would you describe that style of pizza, if it, if you could pigeonhole it, or what's the best way you describe to out-of-towners or, or visitors?
1: Um, it's a wood-fired pizza. It's not really Neapolitan, New York, or New Haven, but it's a kind of a combination of stuff we like. Uh, we just like thin, very high heat pizza that has nice char on it.
0: It's interesting. A lot of people say Neapolitan, but. It could mean so many things. Typically, you see that leopard spotting on the cornicione. You see wood in the oven, but beyond that, um, I mean, we're we talking like fermentation, different types of flowers you use. Do you get a little creative that way?
1: Well, I think Neapolitan is inspired by our uh, cooking style, but we definitely use American flour and American tomatoes, and we make our own cheese. So we are inspired by the cooking method of Naples, but we don't really um, have any sort of topping or ingredient-wise that is anything resembles it.
0: So you say so you make your own cheese again. This is a theme I'm hearing now. The guy. Justin, who owns Speedy Romeo, also makes his own cheese. So, how do you guys make your own cheese? Uh, we buy
1: mozzarella curd. Uh, we get it from Belgioso in Wisconsin, which is a really good um, uh, curd maker. Um, and then we cut up little cubes and put some salted water on it, and then pull it to make nice cheese. And we also make our own ricotta from um, nice New York State milk. We get it from Five Acre Farms, which is a nice co-op in upstate New York. And We make ricotta also.
0: and really nice. beyond the baseline, which is usually fresh mozz, tomato sauce, maybe some basil you get a little creative as well
1: yeah so even our base pie um and that's not just tomato sauce and mozzarella like a classic uh like a regular pizza we also put pecorino and a little bit of Havarti on it uh Havarti is nice and melty and like stringy uh pecorino adds a lot of umami like MSG kind of flavor to it and it's also salty so that's an um and uh, a ton of oregano on the on the base pizza so right there we already have three cheeses and some dried oregano which is kind of uncommon for like a base like margarita if you want to call it that
0: and then you also have, like, a pink and a green, and tell me about those pizzas.
1: Yeah, so we have a lot of different sauces also. We do tomatillo sauce, we do vodka sauce, which is pretty common in New York, um, white pies. Uh, you know, we like to have fun with pizza. I mean, pizza a, is always a fun food, and, and a lot of people like to get overly, like, worked up over tradition. Like, it's not this, it's not that, it has to be this. It's just, like, you know, relax. Just eat some pizza that tastes good and might not fall into some category, but, like, if it's good,
0: it's good. Like. You know good pizza if you eat it. But it seems like you take more of a chef's approach, and I'm guessing that's because of your background, right? You didn't just grow up in a, in a pizza business. Yeah, well, that's
1: that's right. So, yeah, so so I, I like to look at a pizza uh, dough as, like, just an empty plate, and then I can put stuff on it that tastes good. Um, you know, I try to tell my chefs, too, like, try to be creative but not wacky. You know, like, you know, like, pineapples can go on a pizza as long as it's, like, goes well with some other toppings, but, like, don't do anything weird like put french fries on it.
0: So where did you learn um, the trade? Where did you learn the business?
1: Uh, I learned to make pizza at Soto Casa. It's a uh, place in a, it's a restaurant in downtown Brooklyn. Um, they have a big wood-fired oven. They do very traditional Neapolitan pizza. So my baseline for making pizza is like, uh, you know, very traditional, uh, like Italian mozzarella, Italian tomatoes, Italian flour, traditional method and a super hot oven. So having that baseline to know where I want uh, to to uh, uh, make that type of pizza, like I could kind of create my own style from what pizza was originally intended to be. So
0: that was kind of your stage or your internship. But did you you went to culinary school? You worked uh, in some high powered restaurants too.
1: Yeah, I did go to culinary school. Uh, I graduated college with an IT degree, which is kind of funny. And then I went straight to culinary school. I went to Institute of Culinary Education in New York, uh, and then I worked at all over the city um, for about I don't know seven years before then um, cooking. Where'd you work? Uh, I worked at um, probably some places you haven't heard of. But I was at the Spotted Pig. I was at the Breslin for a while. Uh, I've
0: heard of the Spotted Pig. We know who April Bloomfield is. (laughs) Just because we're from Chicago doesn't mean we don't follow (laughs)
1: restaurants. (laughs) And some other smaller places that either aren't there or you probably haven't heard of. Okay. All right. Um,
0: And uh, where'd you grow up? What's your pizza memory as a kid?
1: Uh, I was actually born in Brooklyn. So uh, there was this place called Carmine's. It was on eighty. 6th Street, I believe, and Bay Ridge. Um, it's definitely not there anymore. Um, that was my favorite pizza. Uh, my brother would take me, and my dad or my brother would take me there for a slice uh, after school. Uh, We're
0: talking a, a wedge slice, not a Sicilian, not a grandma.
1: Yeah, it's just a regular New York City, like, uh, big slice, you know, and um, I'd always, like, put tons of, like, oregano and garlic powder and, like, red pepper chili flakes on it, like, like you know. And also the, the sprinkly cheese, that's probably not pecorino, but it's some sort of sprinkled uh, ground cheese on that um, so that's my that's my definitely my slice uh, memory go-to of like what I consider you know New York
0: pizza do you think that culture has has changed over the last I don't know 10 15 years it does seem like you know places are trying to outdo each other with more crap on it more cheese they make it more of a meal um, there's issues about, you know, do they use preservatives in the flour because it has to sit out so long before they heat it up when the order comes in. Do you think the slice culture's changed since you were a kid? Yeah, I
1: think the slice culture is kind of gross right now. Um, there's uh, There are pizza places that are trying to do, like, new pizza places that are trying to do slices that are better. But, yeah, like, I mean, I would never go into, like, a slice place and get a slice because it's the, the gross brominated, like, trump flour. Um, instead, like, they are wacky. It's, like, stuff, like, covered, like, they'll have, like, pizza covered in, like, a full, like like a uh, thing of like penne pasta and like just like weird stuff like i don't know why anyone would want to eat that um
0: like stuffed pizza in chicago i don't know who wants to eat that either <laughs> actually
1: i've never had that but you're not uh, missing anything
0: yeah. <laughs> okay so you talked about uh, pizza loves emily that's the the high heat the neapolitan style the thin the leopard spotting on the on the outside of the cornicione. now we're sitting in emmy squared mm-hmm. in williamsburg different ball game
1: yeah, so we do Detroit-inspired pizza uh, the same way we say that you know we're not doing any sort of specific style. At the other restaurant, we don't really want to have like like this is classic, hardcore Detroit everything. Um, we want to we, we like this uh, Detroit style, so it's kind of like an homage to it, but it's definitely not like authentic. It's um, not
0: Buddies. It's not Cloverleaf.
1: Yeah, it's not Buddies or Cloverleaf. I mean those yeah I mean those are the originals. So you know we we like the style a lot, but we just we want to like have our own thing we're in new york we don't want to be like hey detroiters like we know we're doing better than you like this is this is just what we like about your style of pizza and how we interpret it
0: okay so what do you like about that style and then how do you interpret it here
1: um i love how it's uh, cooked in the, the pan it's got the cheese crust around the outside the cheese caramelizes along the outside of the pan is it always brick cheese uh we don't use brick cheese so it is always brick cheese in detroit uh we don't use brick cheese though because again it's it's our own sort of uh it's our own sort of play on it Fancy New
0: York cheese or from Wisconsin? It it is from Wisconsin, (laughs)
1: actually. There you go. So we use uh, use some mozzarella and cheddar, um, lots of pecorino. Um, I think pecorino is sort of a hallmark of our flavor profile in the restaurant group because it's a cheese my grandmother would always serve during, like, Sunday dinner. So I love pecorino. So everything has pecorino on it. Um, Sauce goes on top. Um, Cold? Uh, Yeah, so Detroit pizza, when it comes, the pizza comes, all pizzas are baked white, and then they come out of the oven, and then they get sauce on top. We put sauce on before it goes in the oven because, again, this is like our our just interpretation of how we like this pizza. So,
0: um, you know, Polly G's in Chicago does an interpretation also, Mm -hmm. and they put the cold sauce on top when it comes out.
1: Yeah, um, I've never, I didn't, I've seen that it's cold, but I think most trip places do it warm though, so. I don't know. It sounds interesting to put cold sauce on.
0: And then any kind of crazy—I do not say crazy, but inspired or avant-garde or spotted pig-inspired kind of toppings, or no?
1: <laughs> no, not really. We do have a burger here, but it's not—and not nothing like it. So we just—just just, yeah, we we just like to have flavor profiles that work well together, and they try to um, um, like in, incorporate flavors that of things that we like that are not just pizza.
0: What would be the order here if I came in though? I just had, just want to get a slice. You can, you can get a slice here, yeah.
1: No, uh, it's a whole pie, but it's eight oh. by ten, so they're they're sort of personal size pies. Most right. people can house a, house a whole pie.
0: So what would I, what, what what's the order here? What's the best way to see Emmy squared in, in the best light?
1: Um, I think we have two pizzas here that are uh, a great light. We have one called the Margarita, which is a, it's a base of mozzarella, uh, sauce, and pecorino, and then when it comes out of the oven, we put post bake um, stracciatella on it, so the cold cheese goes on top when it comes out. And then some nice basil on it, and it's just—it's very simple, but like the creamy cheese on top of the dry mozzarella from the oven, and the sauce—it's really—it's
0: pretty—it's pretty nice. So even though that stretchy it goes on cold, there's enough ambient heat underneath. It just came out of the oven. It does slightly melt, I'm guessing.
1: It doesn't. It comes to room temperature, which is always the best way to enjoy like burrata, or tail, or like buffalo mozzarella. Like those cheeses like really shine when they're like not melted, but they're like like room temp and they're, they're delicious and creamy. So that's
0: one flavor. The other one you were going to
1: mention? Uh, The Colony, which is our popular pizza from uh, uh, Emily Restaurant. It's uh, pickled chilies, pepperoni, and honey. So that also flavor profile is pretty spectacular, too.
0: When we come back, Matthew Hyland talks about his latest venture, Violet, which focuses on grilled pizzas, specifically the ones he and his wife remember eating at Al Forno in Providence, Rhode Island. Then later we preview our next show coming up in two weeks. Stay with us. So how much of a pain is it to go shopping for socks, underwear, t-shirts, sweats? This is what Mac Weldon was designed to solve. They believe in consistent fit and quality. And so Mac Weldon went out and engineered their own fabric, they made sure the design process was meticulous, they built a world-class customer experience, and they really believe the difference is in the details. So Mack Weldon, it's a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. They've got a great website, I just went on there the other day to go shopping for a couple of things, I need new socks and underwear, of course, uh, we all do, and I would actually been a previous uh, owner, so even before we decided to partner with them for the podcast. I own a a blue polo shirt that I I absolutely love and wear all the time in the summer. And actually right now, I am wearing the gray sweatpants because my wife and daughter bought these for me for the holidays because they know I love comfortable and stylish, and that's what I'm wearing. So Mac Weldon, they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Uh, They've got a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. That means they eliminate odor, and they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, listen to this. You can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. That is how confident they are that you're going to love their product. So here's the deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order. Visit macweldon.com and enter the promo code PIZZA at checkout. That's macweldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Enter the promo code PIZZA at checkout for 20% off your first order. I guarantee you're going to love what you get. Could listening inspire you to start something new? There's never been a better time to start listening on Audible. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, and now with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. Members can choose three titles every month, one audiobook and two Audible Originals you can't hear anywhere else. Members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs to start the new year off on the right foot. You can listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, I'm actually going to be listening to it on my trip to Europe coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm going to Amsterdam and I'm getting the Amsterdam tour. This is so cool because when you're in a museum, you can get the audio guide and kind of walk around and explain the pictures and everything. Well, in this case, the audiobook is about Amsterdam walking through the city. And so, you know, you start in front of, let's say, the Anne Frank house and then you walk to the left and it tells you where to go and what you're seeing. That is my kind of a book experience. So immersive and able to sort of put it into reality where you are at that moment. So you can get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash pizza or text pizza to 500 and listen for a change. That's audible.com slash pizza or text pizza to 500 Audible, the most inspiring minds, the most compelling stories, the best place to listen. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are talking with Matthew Highland this week of Pizza Loves Emily and Emmy Squared and Violet, which just recently opened in the uh, East Village in New York City. Um, so Matthew and his wife Emily met in college, and they recently opened up their sixth restaurant, which I guess is their most elegant one. Um, they are focusing on the, the style of pizza in Providence, Rhode Island, a place called Al Forno. And they kind of describe it as misshapen. It's not really round or squares. They're doing squares, obviously, at uh, ME Squared and more round at Pizza Loves Emily. So this is a misshapen grilled pizza. He puts all kinds of toppings on it. As you'd see on the East Coast, like in New Haven, you'd see it top with clams. So the clams are an option. They're hoisin sauce, grilled squash, lots of combos. He also has, if you're from that part of the country, you'll know what stuffies are. Those are... Um, baked clams that uh, Rhode Islanders love, and I think he tops his with uni to sort of gild the lily a little bit, um, but its I've not been to this place yet, and I've, you know, I've never been to, to Providence, so I'm kind of dying to get to, um, to Violet, but uh, anyway, we, we pick up a conversation talking about kind of moving into the third style of pizza that he's been developing over the last year or so most people that we talk to on this show are hyper-focused on one style of pizza, and they've done all this research and development to create this one style. Um, you really are split into two. You've got Pizza Loves Emily and you've got Emmy Squared, um, and yet you, you continue to, to f- sort of continue to refine and, and work on both of those styles of pizza, yeah? Pizza
1: is so different in many ways, where you have round pizzas, square pizzas. Uh, we have our new restaurant Violet opening, which is grilled pizza. Pizza can come in many forms and um, it's always pretty delicious. So just kind of challenging yourself to like, you know, figure out these like regional styles and just like different topping combinations. Like it's really a lot of fun even though it is a it is a job and a business.
0: So when you say Violet Grilled Pizza, you're obviously, that's George Gurman and, and Joanne Killeen in Providence, Rhode Island, right? Uh, at Al Forno, the grilled pizza place?
1: Of course. Uh, my first grilled pizza was definitely at Al Forno. When I was 13, I was visiting my brother at Providence College. Um, And then I happened to go to uh, college in Rhode Island as well at Roger Williams University, and I continued to go there during that time as well. And Emily and I had one of our first dates at Al Forno, so uh, it's a pretty special style of pizza that not many people know about outside of people in Providence and New England who have gone to Al Forno. So um, it's just something I want to bring to New York. Uh, It's something that I want to have uh, close by where I wouldn't have to go to Providence to get it same reason one of the reasons why i love detroit pizza and why i started uh, making it is i don't really want to go to detroit to have to go
0: get it i can have it here but that is really a significant pizza experience and memory for you if that's the place where you and emily kind of fell in love and you fell in love with pizza and i, I how do you even begin to uh reverse engineer and, and create that in new york i didn't want to do like a like i didn't want to like go to El
1: forno to trail or like have a job, there doing anything like that. I wanted to kind of just, the taste of it off of the first memory I had, grilled pizza there was also one of the first times I had pizza that wasn't just like the garbage New York slice that everyone like romanticizes. Um, just being from New York and Connecticut, the pizza, you know, it's, it's just pretty low quality, especially like in the 80s and 90s. You know, having a pizza that was like made of high quality ingredients and like tasted really good and looked different and you cut with a knife and fork was really eye-opening. And I just wanted to like recreate that experience I had here.
0: All right, so let's start with the dough in that case obviously different a lot different than your emmy squared dough so we use the same flour we use a king arthur high gluten uh
1: flour it's organic um but there that's that's the only similarity um we use the lower hydration um it's everything is also 100 uh um, naturally leavened so there's no commercial yeast in it it's all uh it's all sourdough starter and we put it on a tray to hold it instead of like Putting it on like like flour we put a little bit of oil so when we stretch it out it's an oily dough that goes straight on so there's no really there's no real flour that's on it
0: and are you topping it and getting it like are you prepping it like is it going to an oven uh, the same sort of thing or are you grilling it first and then adding toppings
1: so we grill one side of it um, and then we take the grill then we take it off the grill and then we flip it. And then the side that's been grilled, we put the toppings on it and then slide it back onto the grill. So it never goes into an oven or like a convection oven or a broiler. All the cooking is done on the, gr- the grill. So a lot of our toppings are either par cooked or like um, slightly warmed or something like that. Uh, we really don't have a lot of meat toppings. We just started doing an Andouja pizza to try to get like a pepperoni flavor on our pizza. Um, cause like putting a pepperoni on top of that pizza wouldn't work cause there's no top heat so it's also a different way of having to think about pizza it's like okay well i have no top heat to cook this pizza so like we have to come up with more creative ideas and more creative pizzas to uh to make
0: it work and then if you can take yourself back to your 13 year old uh pizza loving self what would that flavor be what would the are we talking figs we talking white pizzas what's the pizza that you had as a kid that you're going to try to recreate
1: it's the classic margarita pizza from al forno um it's it's their most famous one it's the one that's the best i always think like a margarita or just a cheese sauce pizza is, is the best it's the simplest one and if the ingredients are, are done right then that's all you need mine has like a lot of fontina and pecorino i believe theirs does too i'm putting scallions on it like there as well and just really like i think one of the things that al forno does is they just cover everything in this very beautiful olive oil and like we have a nice california olive oil and just drenched in this beautiful olive oil. Um, it doesn't get cooked on, it goes on after, and it's just really like pretty and flavorful and kind of brings everything together.
0: Is there an influence in that part of the country because it's providence of uh, Portuguese influence as well, or no?
1: Yeah, so that's sort of what Violet is. It's sort of a play on uh, you know the Portuguese part of Rhode Island I went to school in. Um, we have some stuff with chorizo and some stu- no, um, some stuffies and linguiça. Um, I'm not sure El Forno definitely uh, really has the uh, Portuguese influence other than some of the seafood dishes they have, Uh, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely part of the the violet fabric is having the Portuguese and the Rhode Island and and things
0: like that. Okay, last question I ask everybody in this series is you've been doing this for a little while now and you've got a lot of experience in sort of the R&D part of it and you've done a lot of trial and error. A lot of people end up going down this rabbit hole of sauce or cheese or toppings or dough um, and they've come to... Realization, or they've they've had an epiphany about something. What have you learned? What's a good bit of advice you've learned about making pizza that you would tell your younger self, just kind of starting off in the pizza business right now?
1: Um, I think we just be like have just have fun with pizza. Um, When we first opened, I tried to be a little more like traditional topping wise, and then you know I started getting I started realizing that you know what it's just it's just pizza, and it's a lot of fun, and people love pizza, and just you know. don't, don't try to like pigeonhole yourself into some sort of traditionalist idea of what pizza should be or is. Like if it's dough and sauce and cheese and it tastes great, then you know,
0: that's that's all that really matters. Coming up in two weeks, a Pizzaolo and his wife try to make Neapolitan in Miami. We didn't allow alterations either. We don't allow any half and half pizzas.
1: Those were all real big issues in Miami, especially at that time period, everyone thought, we were just being difficult. We didn't didn't realize that we were just trying to, you know, create a different style of product
0: to the best that we could. And we're gonna limit ourselves and the product that they're gonna have at the end by the changes that they wanted to make to it. I'll talk with Franco Stancione at Stancione 87 about how challenging the Miami market was to crack. That's in two weeks on March 29th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or the Himalaya app, and please review us. And by us, I mean me, of course, since I produced today's show. You can follow us at Pizza City USA on Instagram. And if you're still on Twitter, it's at Pizza City Tours. And speaking of tours, take one the next time you're in Chicago. More information about them and how to get my book at pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote our theme song, and you can send compliments or complaints to me at Steve Dolinsky. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember optimal bite ratio always.